Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Thursday, March 24th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Home Editorial Director Peter Serretta. Joining me on today's podcast is Slash Home News Writer Ryan Scott. Hey, everyone. How are we doing? Doing okay. Uh, by the way, I'm not normally here on a Thursday. Usually it's Ben, but Ben is going to be taking over for the Friday slot, so you'll you'll hear from him tomorrow. Uh, but today you got me and Ryan. As a frequent guest on this podcast, you would think I would know that, but I did not know <laughs> that there was like a scheduled situation with this because I just sort of fly by night and come in here when I'm asked. But I'm wondering how many people that actually listen to this podcast on a you know daily basis actually even know that because usually what it is is I'm Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and Ben comes in on Tuesdays and Thursdays usually. But I have I have some place to be tomorrow, so I will not be here. But uh, we got some news to talk about, and actually, some people might notice that uh, you sound a little bit different. Oh yeah, I should mention uh, Austin. I have pretty bad allergies, and I live in Austin, Texas, and the pollen count is pretty bad right now. And uh, nature is essentially trying to kill me, uh, so I might sound <laughs> like a like a like an old woman who's trying to guide the protagonist in a horror movie to something bad but uh i'm fine i just sound a little weird and i might cough but you know yeah okay let's start things off with marvel let's talk about there is a nova project in development tell us about that uh yeah this this was a this was kind of a surprise kind of coming out of nowhere um well not quite out of nowhere but uh to go over the details first um a, a Nova project of some kind is officially in development. Uh, this was first reported by Deadline. Um, it, it, it seems to be in the very early stages because it's not even clear if it's a movie or a TV show yet. And, you know, that's becoming more prevalent with the Disney Plus stuff. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Only other thing we know is that, and I'm probably going to butcher this name and I apologize, uh, Sabir Prasada who wrote on Moon Knight is the one penning the screenplay, be it for a movie or a TV show. Uh, and that Kevin Feige, of course, is going to produce. That's about all we know. Um, 
but but this has probably been expected for some time as the Nova Corps became part of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. People have assumed that uh, Nova, uh, the hero named Nova, would be coming into the MCU at some point. It appears we're finally broaching that point. So that's what we know. Yeah, so we don't know much, but I, I guess I should ask you, Ryan, since you wrote this up for SlashFilm.com, who is Nova? Uh, Nova, now I must say, as a guy who's read a lot of Marvel comics in my day, uh, only only tangentially familiar with Nova personally, but uh, the most popular iteration of Nova is Richard Ryder, uh, much in the same way that the most you know known iteration of Spider-Man is Peter Parker and so on and so forth. Um so it is presumed that Richard Ryder will be the guy. Uh, essentially, Richard Ryder was just a guy and then uh, gets, you know, sort of uh, becomes part of the Nova Corp and uh, and gets superpowers and, and becomes the superhero known as Nova. And he's just like a cosmic hero. Um, you know, a lot of people really like Nova. Uh, he is one of those characters that has like a very like devoted following. The people that love Nova love Nova. Um, so. You know, and again, the seeds have been kind of planted for this. This is not surprising. Um, the only thing I will say just from my end is that I do feel like it's pretty cinematic in nature. And it, from what I do know of Nova, and I think it would be tougher to do as a series. I think I think this this has movie written all over it to me. I guess I should ask, because James Gunn has been such a, a integral part of Guardians of the Galaxy, and this is kind of feels like it's connected to that. Do you think Gunn is going to be involved? No, I think uh, I think Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is more or less going to be Gunn's uh, goodbye dance to Marvel for a while. Um, that might be another conversation entirely, but I, but I get the sense that uh, that Gunn is kind of finishing his unfinished business and then moving on to other pastures. Yeah, yeah I kind of get that sense too, and that makes me sad because I feel like at one point it felt like he was going to be the person you know, the overseer, the Kevin Feige of the guardian verse. Uh, I feel like if he hadn't been fired and went to go work for DC for a while, that would have happened. Um, yeah. Like if, because, because if he had never had that break to go make suicide squad and Disney plus became a thing, they probably would have just like dumped back to dump truck of money up to his house and been like, what do you want to do? And he would have never gotten that other taste. And, you know, he probably would just be like the John Favreau of the 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 cosmic side of the MCU. And uh, but, you know. Yeah, no, I, I have I don't really have any knowledge of Nova from the comics. I, I have some brief, you know, I, I've read some of the Guardians Galaxy comics, but nothing having to do with like really Nova Corps or Nova. You say that this would make more sense for a movie. But when I hear Nova Corps, like, you know, the space space cops i guess you, you yeah that's kind of sort of what the nova corp is but like but nova sort of like as a hero operates a little bit independently uh okay so he is so it's not really associated with the, the core look again it, it, it gets you know you know how comic books are it gets it gets uh <laughs> it, it, it's like it, it depends it it depends what what point in time you're talking about, what version of the comics you're talking about, what you know, and also in adapting it to the screen, what are they going to do with it? Because these things aren't always adapted completely faithfully. So it, you know, it depends how they want to do it. Yeah, I, I I guess just the concept of space cops in the Marvel Cinematic Universe sounded like it lended 
maybe towards a TV series more than a movie. But um, I think if you were saying we're going to make a Nova Corps TV show, totally. But yeah. I think if you want to do like Richard Ryder, Ryder as Nova, you know, like that to me, it, it feels it feels tough to do that. I don't know. Like, I, I it, it does feel increasingly tough to make like big budget TV shows feel cinematic for eight hours. Um, like, I just watched the first two episodes of the Halo show last night and it like it does suffer a bit from feeling like, yeah, this is TV, um, you know, and especially like a big space epic. It, it feels hard to do that sort of thing. Have you seen any of Moon Knight? No, I I, uh, I, I have not uh, partaken in any of the Moon Knight screeners that many of my colleagues have. Yeah. Uh, but I will say the trailers look very cinematic and I'm impressed by that. I got to see the first two episodes. I, I assumed that I had another day to watch the the. The following two, I was wrong. And when I went to the screener app, they were they were they had been erased from existence. And uh, but I will they say from the, they got Thanos. Yes, they got snapped out of existence. But I will say from the first two episodes, boy, is this unlike anything Marvel has done so far. And is it it's exciting? So I, I'm excited to talk about it when it when it finally airs. Um, but, uh, th the other thing I want to talk about with Nova, he's had some run-ins with scrolls in the past and there's that whole yeah, secret I've, universe or secret invasion, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very much like, again, going back to the idea that I was talking about, like the seeds for this have already been planted with like the Nova Corp and, um, Glenn Close playing like Nova Prime. And then now you had like Captain Marvel dealing with the scrolls and the scrolls are going to be a huge part of the secret invasion TV show kind of feels like this is all teeing up the ball so um oh and correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't in infinity war or i think it was didn't they establish that uh, nova prime was like destroyed by thanos to get that uh infinity yeah if i'm thing? not mistaken in the beginning of avengers endgame when they're sort of like dealing with a bunch of info dump uh you just sort of like casually learn that like uh that nova planet prime. was destroyed yeah. and yeah like nova prime's dead and you know, whatever. Glenn Close got her Marvel money. She's fine. <laughs> so I wonder if they're going to like, you know, skip backwards in time to probably tell this origin story. Maybe. maybe, Or maybe like that's even like maybe we even sort of use that as like the uh, inception point where like you sort of flash back to like the planet being destroyed and stuff. And then that's how Nova sort of becomes like this lone, you know, lone hero. Because yeah. like the planet, yeah, it may, may it just just spitballing, but that could be a way in. Okay, let's talk about. Uh, there's a live action Voltron movie coming from Red Notice director Rawson Marshall Thurber. He, um, what else is the, uh, he, he he directed? I don't have it in front of me. Uh, he directed what? Red Notice. He directed uh, Central Intelligence, uh, and he directed Where the Millers, which I loved. Yeah, and uh, he uh, he's well. First of all, there has not been a Voltron live action Voltron movie yet, which is amazing to me that it has not happened. Because with the success of Transformers and Hollywood trying to turn everything into a franchise, you know, you know they made a Lego movie. They're making a Play Doh movie. How is Voltron not a live action movie yet? Well, it's not for a lack of trying, because. Um, they, well, first of all, the original series, this was an animated series that aired in 1984. And this surprised me when I was doing my research for this. It, it, 
Ryan, do you know how long this series aired on TV? The original series? It was years and years, right? Like before it ever made it to America? Well, I'm just talking about the American version and that started in 1984. I I honestly, this is way outside of my usual fandom, (laughs) so I'm actually not sure. Well, this shocked me. It aired for one year. No shit. Yeah, so this thing that is Voltron, of course, it was later rebooted in the late 90s and later the 2010s on Netflix. But Voltron, to me, feels like such a bigger franchise than something that just aired for one year in 1984. Well, I guess, but I guess some of the things we think of in the 80s as as that sort of started out that way, especially because like there was weird, like super long seasons of stuff at points back then. Like, I think even like, the original He-Man only ran for like two seasons, but it somehow had like a ton of episodes because a season was like 50 episodes or something. Oh, that's true. I didn't look up how many episodes. Actually, to me, Voltron, as a kid that grew up in the 80s, was less about the animated series and more about the toys, which I guess you could say for He-Man and a lot of the stuff in the 80s. Yeah, for a lot of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I just remember loving the toys because you had like this robotic... um this is kind of like Power Rangers, but in space, I guess you would, is a good way to describe it. Yeah, there, um, yeah. There's no question. Power Rangers sort of lifted a little bit from from uh, from Voltron. Yeah. So each of the characters has like this robotic lion that, when they form together, they become this huge mech robot called Voltron. And if you ask me to tell you anything more about this show, other than like the looks of the the characters and stuff i could not tell you anything <laughs> yeah no but, i'm with uh, you there i got nothing yeah uh but uh yeah so hollywood has been trying to make a live action film since 2005 uh the first iteration pharrell williams was attached as a producer and he was going to write the score um about six years ago dreamworks animation was working on a version with uh david Hayter, the guy that you know from x-men and watchmen fame yeah yeah uh, but this is a totally new thing, and it's being written by Ellen Shanman, uh, who is a newcomer. And, uh, I, you know, I don't really have any love or hate for, for Thurber. It sounds like you like him more than me. Uh, well, so I, I didn't even watch Red Notice just because all of the word <laughs> I got from it wasn't – it just didn't encourage me enough. But I, I, I think uh, We're the Millers is is an excellent, excellent studio comedy. And uh, and I quite liked Central Intelligence too. I, I think a lot of people were soft on it, but I liked it. Uh, um, and I like Skyscraper too, to be quite honest with you. Um, oh yeah, he did Skyscraper. Yeah, yeah. Like and and no, that like Skyscraper wasn't like super special or anything, but I but I very much enjoyed it as like a summer. Oh, and Dodgeball. Like, oh my God, that's right. He directed. Okay, never. Yeah, I like this guy. Never mind. Yeah, I straight up, I straight up like this guy. Um, well, I don't know. Of, I mean, he kind of made a swerve from like kind of over-the-top comedies into more action-oriented. Yeah, but but I think that's where you just don't pigeonhole someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, but, uh, but, I mean, look, if you can turn Transformers into a multi-billion dollar franchise, you can absolutely turn Voltron into one. It's just a matter of the right take. Yeah, it's just funny that the guy that's, you know, developing We're the Millers, too, is also developing yeah. Voltron. I guess what fascinates me is going back, like, with Pharrell on board, because that was before Pharrell became, like, Pharrell. That was when he was, like, part of <laughs> NERD and stuff. And, like, I mean, he was still famous and stuff, but not, like, the way that he is. Yeah. Now, I don't know. That's interesting to me that he sort of, man, I would, I, man, if I ever could talk to him, I got to ask him about that. That's fascinating. 
One of my favorite things to talk about in movies is all like the alternate universe, like what could have happened with these projects that were in development that never got made or the alternate, you know, the Darren Aronofsky Batman, which probably would have turned out a lot like the new The Batman. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, weirdly enough, probably, yeah. Yeah, but like many years ahead of its time. I'm not sure if, uh, <laughs> if audiences back then were probably ready for that. Uh, but yeah, I, I love like in my head reading about those projects and you know george miller's justice league like what yeah, would do you have a have favorite like? one of those that like never came to be that you sort of wish you got to got to <sighs> you know what i i always say darren aronofsky's batman because I, I was a big fan of aronofsky at that time where he was doing uh the fountain he did uh requiem for a dream uh i feel like later in his career he's uh been less less consistent and I've I've have less love for his work. I still like his work, but um, I, I don't know. At that time, he was so exciting as a filmmaker, and I think he I could be misremembering this, but he wanted Clint Eastwood to play an old like Batman that like you know was past his prime, and he wanted. I had heard to be, like, a version of that pitched at one point that was more of like a either a Dark Knight Returns or Batman Beyond type take on it, but yeah. So, uh, do you have any, like, uh, yeah, I've got a, for, 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 it's not superhero related, but, uh, Guillermo del Toro's at the mountains of madness, the, the, which, which was so close to happening, um, with Tom Cruise, I believe at the time, uh, you know, um, Lovecraft, Lovecraftian horror adaptation, uh, studio just got nervous about the price tag and they didn't want to do an R rated, you know, hundred million dollar movie. And, uh, Man, it's just, you know, I keep hoping now that Netflix is like partnering up with Del Toro a lot that um, that like, man, they just shell out for it. Like, because, yeah, that's 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 one of those ones that getting Del Toro to make, you know, that much money to make that kind of thing. Oh, it'd be cool. It's not responsible, but it would be cool. I do think that's eventually going to happen in some way or some form. The question is, is it going to be 10 years too late? Is it going to be the halo of do you mean like? I don't if think you, the problem if you, made, Halo, if you made Halo 10 years ago or 15 years ago when when Peter Jackson and Neil Blomkamp like it, I feel like it could have been a real big movie back then. Yeah, yeah I don't want to get into the whole like Halo thing right now, but I don't think that it's 10 I don't think 10 years ago would have helped this version of it. Um <laughs> I, but but I, maybe yeah, back I then they would have had a bigger budget and more like or, or, you well, know. I, well, it looks like they're spending money on it too. I don't. I we don't need to get into this, but I see what you're saying. <laughs> I see what you. It's it's just uh, Halo. Halo. I don't know. Have you seen any of the Halo show, Peter? I've only seen like the trailers and stuff, and from that, it looks cheaper than I want it to be. And right, it, it, but but the I, it, it has a it 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 brings it looks up a TV. Very, right, but it also brings up a very specific issue that I have sometimes, which is where why on earth do you bother going to the source material of something if you're not going to use it? And like they essentially just took all the Halo imagery and told a story they wanted to tell that has nothing to do with Halo. So it's just a strange thing to me. And I don't understand why you do that fundamentally, but you know, whatever. Uh, they, they just want an excuse to make something. I, I guess. I don't know. You spend 20 years trying to make this thing happen and you land on this. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's amazing to me if something like that gets made and Steven Spielberg is. He's attached as a producer, right? Executive producer. Executive producer. I don't know. It's just, yeah. 
Although if you look through Spielberg's credits, there's a big difference between Spielberg directing something and Spielberg producing something. Yeah. Yeah. I look at Terra Nova versus <laughs> Jurassic Park. Um, okay. Let's move on from that. Let's yeah, talk totally. about something else. Um, let's speculate highly with this upcoming story. Uh, Kirsten Dunst apparently wants to reprise her role as Mary Jane in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What do we know? Uh, yeah, this was kind of one of those like, you know, you're asked something in an interview and you got to give a fun answer. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I believe her, though. She, uh, Kirsten Dunst was talking to Backstage. Because she's nominated for her role in Power of the Dog uh, for the Oscars this weekend. And, um, you know, she was asked about Spider-Man No Way Home, of course, because Toby came back. She said, you know, I'd like to join the multiverse. I feel like I'm the only person that hasn't joined it. I'm like, please put me in. Put me in the lineup. I need to pay for my house and kids. Uh, You know, she said that a bit tongue in cheek, of course. But, um, Wow, some shade to Emma Stone. (laughs) <laughs> maybe i guess uh, not really I, I don't think she no not really that, but yeah. but no so i you know um i do think she sincerely like i got the sense that like as much as she made a joke of it at the end i think she was being sincere enough and that like you know if if she got the call i think she would happily take it and um yeah i mean there's not much more to it than that but like she could have she could have easily said like you know oh that that those days were great they're behind yeah, me yeah that's what I'm saying she could have easily given another answer that wouldn't have been rude so the fact that she's like you know open to it yeah okay so that that this opens the door to speculation I know we've talked a lot about the Spider Verse and where Marvel and Sony could go with this how would you like to see well, would you like to see Kirsten Dunst involved and how, if so? Uh, this goes back to something I've said a few times. And also, Sam Raimi kind of hinted at this recently. He was in an interview with Empire and he kind of loosely said that he'd like to direct another Spider-Man movie. Um, look, if Raimi's interested, Toby's <laughs> back, Kirsten Dunst is in. You so are just, you just saying like a, a pure like Sam Raimi verse? Just Spider-Man? make Spider-Man four. Spider-Man four. Why the hell not? Like at this point, with how much money No Way Home made, are you kidding me? I do I you, don't I don't see any reason why you can't do that. I agree with you. I want to see that. I want to see an amazing Spider-Man three as well. Uh, I guess my question is. Is there a way to top the three Spider-Men? No, and you don't try to. That's why you don't do that. Like you just you just capitalize on that like sort of reignited nostalgia. Um but what if it, this wouldn't top it? But what if you got together the three MJs? I don't uh, know what for. I don't know what why they would have to be together. Mm, Could that, that be is, interesting in some way? That is very unexciting to me personally. Ah. Uh, I don't, but pitch me, pitch me a way that's interesting because I don't know. Well, one of them has to become yeah. Spider Gwen, like the you know has well, to become. Well, there are rumors floating around that Sony was reaching out to Emma Stone. I don't know how credible those rumors are, but there there were rumors floating around that Sony was poking around, seeing seeing if Emma might be interested. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see a Spider Man four. I think in Spider Man No Way Home. Toby Spider-Man says that, uh, wait, what did he say about his relationship with Mary Jane? Oh, he's like, there's one point, uh, uh, that when they're in like the lab talking, 
they're talking over their relationships and she's like, you know, I think it's, I think it's Andrew that asks him, you know, do you have an MJ? And he goes, uh, like, yes, no. And he's like, well, it's complicated. We make it work. And he basically sort of lays enough pipe to be like, yeah, we, we, we're together now, but it was complicated and it was difficult. And, and I think it would be interesting picking up with them now, like they're married and you know, the nature of his Spider-Man has changed. Her career has changed and you could sort of, you know, pop into it that way. But they did establish that they're still together. together? It seemed like, again, they didn't, it was the, the, the speech as it was laid out was <laughs> yeah. a little bit, <clears throat> it could be anything, but I also think they did that by design Yeah, because I don't think anyone was foolish enough to think that when they brought both those actors back, if this worked, I don't think anyone thought this was going to be the last time we see them. Well, one of, one of the things that I love about Spider-Man 2, and it's still one of my favorite comic book movies of all time, was that relationship between uh, her version of Mary Jane and Peter Parker. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like if you have them together, there's less there's less at stake there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like we want Peter to get MJ. And, like, once, they're, once you have that, like... I feel like it would be more interesting for Peter have to like win back MJ after he's lost everything or something. I don't know. But also to that same token though, we've seen like the loss a lot with Spider-Man. Like we've seen, you know, I think what's interesting is like, you've never really gotten like, you know, you got like Logan, you got like old man Wolverine. You never really got like old man Peter, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to sort of, you did a little bit in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, but that was some of the more interesting stuff in that movie. So I feel like if you do yeah. that with Toby's Peter and you sort of try to have him, you know, because a big part of Peter's whole MO is like, you got to sort of protect the identity because you have to protect the people you love. And if like he's then married to MJ and he has like the ultimate thing to lose, you know, it kind of presents an interesting. And if they've been, you know, sitting comfortable for a while, like what happens if that gets disrupted? You know, like you're sort of used to things being okay, and I don't know. I think there, I think there's definitely something there. Do you think we're going to see uh, Toby Maguire's Peter Parker as a professor in a college, uh, maybe teaching a uh, young and upcoming Miles Morales? Oh, there's a thought. Oh, ooh, that's ooh. You just got me. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, okay, let's move on to our final story for today, and that is that Tron 3 might actually happen, at least if you listen to Jared Leto. Obviously, Man. he is out. He's doing promotion for that show We Crashed, which is on Apple TV+. Plus. And um, someone asked him because he was uh, – you know, obviously, Tron Legacy happened, and it was a modest hit. It wasn't like a success or a failure. It was – um, it made enough money that, you know, Disney obviously built uh, not one but two roller coasters based on it. And uh, they were talking about doing a TV series. Actually, they were going to announce a TV series at D23 a few they years They were well back. into development on that. And then it, and then it sort of got pulled I, out. I know that, in fact, th- days before the the D23, like they have that big presentation, they were supposed to announce it on stage. And it got pulled and then got shelved. So it was like, like literally days from. It's like what happened with the Boba Fett movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, that actually got announced. But yeah. Well, no, no. But they were going to bring Josh Trank out and he had yeah. a teaser cut. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They never showed the teaser. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, but so that that went into you know that's never going to happen that Tron TV show and then Jared Leto hooked up with um, uh, what's his name the director of Tron Kaczynski uh, Joseph Kaczynski Joseph Kaczynski yeah and uh, he was they were developing a Tron Legacy sequel Tron Three whatever you want to call it. And we haven't really heard anything about that in a few years now. And Screen Rant asked him on the press tour for – actually, he was on the press tour, I think, maybe for Mor- Morbius? I think he's doing press for both right now. Like, both? he's just fully in, like, press mode. Yeah. And he said, I'm I'm a super fan of Tron, and we are working hard on Tron with our incredible partners at Disney. Just an amazing group of creative people. We're getting closer. We're getting closer and closer. And who knows? Something may be coming sooner then later, believe me, something's gonna happen. No, that last line was me. Uh, you, yeah. didn't say the, you didn't say that last. This sounds to me like a producer trying to like uh, wish wish things to happen into the universe. Do you know what I mean? Like to yeah, to make- that's that's how he's always sounded to me. Like as a person, um, I remember he's in a band called Thirty Seconds to Mars. Yeah, and uh, and I saw them live once, and his stage presence is so disingenuous to me like it's so it's so manufactured and so very like and i and i'm not trying to talk shit but it was really strange like watching him it just seems like he's so wired that way and like that that he i don't know you know what i mean like like when you yeah. t- when you hear michael shannon talk you feel like you're hearing a real person talk when you hear jared leto talk you sort of feel like you're hearing a pitch man talk and it's <laughs> and it's a bit it's a bit strange but yeah and it's so weird I- because he's a good actor. I don't think anybody would dispute that he's a good actor. I don't particularly like him. He in gets a lot in his own things. way sometimes, but when he gets out of his own way, he can be a good actor for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm not excited about him being involved in Tron 3, but I am excited about a Tron 3 possibly happening. That said, I've been recently watching that Lee Crash show on Apple TV Plus. And I'm assuming you haven't seen any of this because you already, I think last time we talked, yeah, we talked about this, I think earlier this week. Yeah. I'm just not going to subscribe to anything to be able to watch this. I I would watch it if it was available on something I already had, but (laughs) it's so weird because I was also talking about, um, about the, uh, super pumped, the Uber show. Yeah. yeah. That last episode. And it's like, why are these two, uh, two TV shows that are like, so alike? It's like, Two, two shows trying to be kind of like the social network and showing you like, you know, the world of venture capitalists. and uh, Because this happens all the time in Hollywood and it's happened for decades. Yeah. Armageddon uh, and Deep Impact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know it happened. Uh, Bugs Life and um, what was uh, the other one? Well, Bugs Life Ants. and Ants. Ants. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there, there's a ton of those examples. It, it, it is weird. I am enjoying the show. Like Supercrash, I'm enjoying the show, but his performance is kind of getting in the way a little bit. Um, That's what so, I mean. He can get in his own way sometimes. He can, yeah. you know. Uh, are you at all excited for a new Tron movie? Uh, uh, the most excited I was about the second Tron was that Daft Punk did the soundtrack. And uh, that soundtrack still is. Yeah, I, I have the CD on my shelf. I um, 
I don't know if that's ever come up, but I actually still buy CDs. I have like a thousand CDs in my apartment. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, very strange. I know. But uh, but uh, but yeah, I remember going to he, see He it. lives in Austin, folks. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, no, I went to go see it with some friends and I was kind of the grump coming out of the theater. Everyone was like, that was cool. I was like, was it? Um, and, uh, yeah, and I'm not really that way. I really try to like stuff, but you know, what's funny is you mentioned like it was a modest hit and what's funny is like, it's sort of the pandemic has recontextualized everything. Um, (laughs) Tron legacy made on $170 million budget made $400 million worldwide. They would have greenlit a sequel the next day on that right now. You know, that's, what's crazy is like, it's just, it's interesting how different things are now. Yeah. But also that that movie made a lot of money. I don't know how it works out for the like soundtrack. I know that soundtrack did really well. And I'm not yeah. sure what Disney sees of that. I mean, like I, ancillary I, revenue and stuff. Like Frozen made a ton of money at the box office, but the Frozen soundtrack also made like a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, and uh, obviously they're making money. You know, people are going to Shanghai just to ride that yeah. ride. They're opening one in the Magic Kingdom. Like it seems like it's in a benefit for them to do more Tron in some way and it also seems to me now with the the birth of this whole stagecraft technology that they use on the mandalorian like it would be perfect for the world of tron it does it does seem i mean it, i don't know a ton about it other than that like you know i'm not i'm not a filmmaker and yeah. you know i've watched a lot of that behind the scenes stuff of how that stuff works it's really cool and a lot of disney productions are starting to utilize it um it told and it totally seems like it could work but uh yeah, I don't know. It it de- Tron definitely feels like something Disney owns that I don't think they know what to do with. Uh, kind of like the Muppets, and it's weird, and they should probably do something with it. I don't know what, but they should do something. Yeah, the problem with Tron is that visually it looks cooler than it actually is. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, like like, it, the, it, like the characters. I don't think I really care about many of the characters in Tron. I don't. The, the world building is interesting, but there's not much behind it other than, oh, you're inside a computer. So if you I, asked I, me to tell you anything about those Tron movies, like name a character, give me a plot beat. I don't remember anything. I couldn't tell you anything. I'll tell you what it looked like, but I can't, I couldn't tell you. I will say that um, the legacy of that movie I feel like after that movie, Tron Legacy, not the original Tron. Well, the, the original Tron has a huge legacy too, I think, in visual effects. But everything was using that like neon, like the aesthetic of Tron Legacy was used by so many movies and so many yeah. TV shows. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely caught like everyone kind of thought it was hip at the moment. Uh, you know, dubstep was big, you know, and everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> a bunch of neon and so it seems like have you watched tron legacy in the last 10 years i think i watched it five years ago with kitra because she hadn't seen it because i can't imagine it holds up very well uh i i don't know i i feel like it must have been very of that moment the music is so good that it makes some of the scenes that are not good better than they are Okay, okay i will say that like i think that movie is pretty good up until the point where he he goes into the the computer and he has like his uh uh light cycle battle and his um whatever the disc throw thing is called. Up until that point, it's good. Then after that, it kind of like slows down and again, I it, don't remember a damn thing, so I, I'd have to yeah yeah. But okay, anyways, 
I, I want more Tron, Ryan. I, I know you don't seem to care. But want- well, but I'm also not one to like shit on anyone's parade about this. Like, if anyone wants more, go for it. I have plenty of things I love in this world. This just yeah. isn't one of them. I, I just wish it like like my Batman stuff. You know, I'd like my Tron without uh, Jared Leto in it. So. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, you can find more of all of our work at slashfilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. And please head on over to our Apple podcast page. Uh, give us a five-star review. It helps us so much and takes you know, five seconds of your time. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.